Welcome to Kenny and the Coaches and Happy New Year. It's officially 2023. For a lot of people, that means it's going to take us a month to get used to riding 23 instead of 22. For others, it's one of the busiest high school sports months of the year. Basketball is about to be in full tilt, and today I have a coach on that is hoping to be busy with basketball for the next couple of months. Here's my conversation with Luther Lady Lions basketball coach, Johnny Vick. Coach, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to visit with me a little bit. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, no problem at all. Now, tell everyone a little bit about your coaching journey because I was kind of looking at at your profile. I mean, you've been at OBU. You've done AAU for 20 years. I mean, you've kind of been kind of been around for a while. Kind of tell people about your coaching journey. I graduated at uh, Central Oklahoma under Coach Seward. I was a student assistant one year. And then I spent uh, two years or three years at a private school before I got on at Oklahoma Baptist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was under Coach McCullough, um, who I've known forever since I was probably a uh, little kid. Played for my dad, who had a semi-pro team growing up. And um, mm-hmm. so he hired me at OBU, and I was the assistant for five years and decided to get back to high school. And I actually went to a game at Southern Nazarene. It was a 4A championship game or semifinals whatever to go to state and it was packed and i was like you know i had been to a high school game like that so that got me inspired to go back to high school mm-hmm. and so my journey went through um a couple of times as an assistant to get started and then i started at uh, shawnee mm-hmm. and they were one and 21 and we went uh 10 and 14 my first year then i went to tuttle for uh five years and i want to say it was there was seven and sixteen, and we get to area finals my first year and had a good run, and then mm-hmm. uh, decided to go to Luther and um, redo it again as a program. And I'm in my tenth year at uh, Luther High School. Yeah. Um, done AAU since I can remember. Uh, started with athletes first, which is a men's program that was uh, the only at the time the only Nike uh, Nike team in uh, Oklahoma, <clears throat> uh, alumni is like the Griffin family and mm-hmm. uh, several guys, Xavier Henry, people like that. And then um, and then when I got to girls at OBU, I decided to go to girls AAU. So I've been doing girls AAU for the last 15, 20 years. Now, is that, it sounds like coaching has kind of been in your DNA. Is that is that kind of what made you decide to be a coach? You just love the game that much? Yeah, I mean, my dad uh, had a, you know, for old timers, my dad had a group called the House Lights, okay. and that was before you went overseas, had opportunity to go overseas, and uh, what well, used to be the CBA, these guys would play mm-hmm. uh, on weekends, uh, AAU type style, but a semi-pro team, and would play exhibition games against colleges, and um, so I've grown up in that environment my whole life, and um, you know, and then went to school, and then decided that's what I wanted to do, and, and uh, share knowledge of the game, and now I'm sharing my experiences five years as an assistant and what coaches were looked for mm-hmm. and help my kids out um, get to the next level. Uh, I believe that if you want to play college ball, there's a place for you somewhere. Mm-hmm. Now, you've been in a- you said you've been in AAU for a long time. How, how important do you think AAU is for, for basketball, for kids wanting to play basketball? Yeah, it has a valuable part, uh, the exposure part of it. Um, now these days you can go to an event where – uh, a coach can come and see everybody they want. Uh, you know, they don't really have the time 
as they used to to go to high schools and watch you know a single kid yeah and so if you're a kid say from a small town like luther and you can go to an event that has you know 100 plus coaches from nai to division one and even juco's uh, the opportunity to be seen is huge Mm -hmm. um just the exposure amount and um so it's a vital part of the recruiting process uh obviously as things have grown i mean you can go to a facility that has 50 courts playing and they're full yeah and so it's a valuable part of the exposure uh process yeah now talking about that this exposure i mean it i kind of did a little trolling research whatever you want to call it on you it seems like you're since you've got the luther you're just kind of churning out college players left and right. I mean, how has that how has that happened for your kids? Because that's not like you were saying about the exposure thing. But those kids got to have some talent too to be able to get there. How do you kind of how do you kind of think that's kind of happened for your for your girls? Uh, you know, just teaching the game and, and and from my my experience being at Oklahoma Baptist, uh, not only was I assistant, I would say I was the lead recruiter. Um, and so what I look for in players, what I share with my players, and um, you know, and, and being able to adapt that from a high school and prepare them for the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my nine years here, I've had nine year, nine kids play the collegiate level. Um, you know, from either from junior college or NAI level. Mm-hmm. You know, our goal is to get school paid for. Yeah, and that's that's our goal, whether it's you know any level. And so I believe that the experience I have uh, at the collegiate level and being able to teach kids the game. Uh, we play positionless basketball. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our idea is walk in the gym, what's your system, and be able to adapt to that system and not have strictly a number system. Mm-hmm. And I think that has allowed our kids to be able to play at the next level. Yeah. Now, I mean, not just the individual accolades that your girls have gotten, but, I mean, you are kind of talking about different programs you went through that when you showed up they were – not very good and by the time you kind of got going they your programs have been pretty good I, just like luther i mean i think i've read where the year before you got there they're like four and 21 and now you're kind of on the cusp of being one of the perennial powers in girls basketball what what kind of what how do you change programs like that i mean what what is it that kind of contributes to turning the program around Consistency, I mean, um, and expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you hold them expectation to uh, a higher standard, a higher level of a commitment. And for some, it's, it's you know, it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I lead by example. You mm-hmm. know, the kids want to come in at seven thirty in the morning. You know, I'm gonna get up on seven thirty on a Black Friday and open it up the gym for them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I have to lead by example of the gym's always open. You let me know when you want to come in we'll get in and go to work mm-hmm. and um but consistency and uh, just a commitment level and expectations i mean we, we have a high expectation level um mm-hmm. of doing things you know the right way and, and making a commitment do you feel like it's harder to kind of turn a program around or to kind of to maintain the success that you've been having to kind of keep that high standard it's it's pretty hard to turn around i mean mm-hmm. you have to you know kids have to buy in uh, parents have to buy in, and then you have to have success. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you come in and you try to change things, and you know you're unfortunate to win games, then that's a struggle. I, I've been very uh, fortunate to be able to win games. Mm-hmm. So, 
when you come in and you start changing things and make and asking for commitment and you can win some games and obviously the success and what you see uh, correlates with the hard work that you're putting in and which makes it obviously a lot easier uh, for that yeah now kind of talk a little bit about this upcoming season i mean you guys had a pretty successful i mean not a, ultimately if you're not one of the people holding the, the 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 gold ball at the end you you know that's it's always kind of a little disappointment but I mean, kind of talk about this upcoming season coming off the season you had last year. Um, you know, we have uh, a lot of core coming back of uh, players from last season. Uh, we are missing um, a point guard that could have played collegiately somewhere uh, but chose to be an engineering student oh. in college. And then uh, our post kid is playing down in Western Oklahoma. So we do lose uh, two good seniors that have been a part of um, the program, success we've had. They were on the team that four years ago went to state for the first time in like 37 years yeah and uh, so they graduated and what we have coming back is uh we have a really strong junior class uh with a really good sophomore point guard that's uh one of the better players in the state and um and i have two seniors that are that are um that are hard nosed one's a shooter and one's a kid that just does everything yeah and so we are looking to return to the state tournament um, we've been there twice in the last, I think, four or five years. Mm-hmm. We've been one and done. And so our goal is to get to the state tournament and advance past that first round. Mm-hmm. And we believe when you get past that first round, uh, you've kind of gotten that off your back, and, and hopefully now you're getting two more games to get to the championship. Yeah, boy, those state tournament games, I mean, there's – there. I mean, every once in a while you'll see games that are kind of blowouts, and those are usually the teams that are going to be, you know – everybody's playing for second but it seems like yeah. it's always seems like in those games it's always a it comes down to the last minute or one possession or something like that that's I, there is something to that getting that monkey off your back you know just it getting is. that first game you know, our first time we went uh when it was the first round was at uconn and, mm-hmm. and so i'm glad that they changed that format to where uh you every game is actually played there at least your first round Mm-hmm. Um, so we had been there before, um, but we played at UConn High School, mm-hmm. ran into a really good Howell team that year. And this time, I tried to prepare them as best as I could for playing in the uh, big house. Mm-hmm. But unless you've actually been there, yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, I mean, uh, just the environment and just shooting on a goal with like nothing behind or nothing around it. Yeah. Um, you know, so hopefully that was our experience last year was – uh, you know, we try to do the little who's your thing where you measure the goal and everything else, you know, and it's the <laughs> yeah. same as back, yeah. at, back at Hickory. But uh, until you experience it, it's just, you know, uh, it's you got to go one time probably. I bet very rarely is a team went through their first time and went all the way through the three games Yeah. Uh, just because of the environment. Yeah. Now, are, are you guys in Class 3A? Yes, we're in 3A. Uh, 3A is going to be pretty loaded this year. Uh, you got Jones, who is coming back from back to back, and um, Bethel is really good. And then Scoy Tahlequah, um, I don't think they played last year for certain reasons of COVID and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. uh, they're always a t- state tournament team. Um, you know, Ida Bell's got the big 6'6 kid. Okay. And so uh, 3A is pretty tough. I mean, mm-hmm. I think hopefully we're in the top five or six in preseason rankings mm-hmm. and we'll play jones and um at, at jones one time last year uh, last year we lost by one 
at home. So mm-hmm. uh, we could be right there in that mix. Now, is uh, how long have you guys been in three A? We are going in the third year. Or, wait a last year was our first year. For, okay. Is Jones? Yeah. I mean, is is Jones? Is Luther? I mean, is it the the school, the community, kind of growing? Is it? It has. It's always been on the edge. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we're three A, and basketball, football is two A. I mean, mm-hmm. so we're kind of that team that's kind of, you know, on the edge, and and um, we have a depends on your classes. I think we have a small eighth grade class coming in. So next year, who knows where we'll be? Yeah, yeah. Is you that kind of is that tough you on know. you as a coach, kind of going back and forth, maybe possibly between three A and two A? You know, it's very difficult because I set my schedule um, to be geared a little bit towards 2A when it comes to tournaments. Mm-hmm. Because I found out in rankings, if you haven't seen us, you probably didn't rank us. Yeah. And so we travel and play 2A tournaments. So therefore, teams in the West can see our players as far as rankings and exposure when it comes to all state voting. Yeah. Um, and then you go to 3A, and I'm like, okay, I'm already in this tournament, and there's like A's and 2A's. Which mm-hmm. would have been fine if I was a two A program. Yeah, and so that's where I get caught and caught up. Where your your strength of schedule doesn't look strong, but you know what do you do when uh, you move up a class say, at the last moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think there? I mean, I've had this discussion with other coaches. Do you think there's anything different that can be done with the rankings so it seems a little bit more? I'm I'm not going to say fair, but just more even because, like you were saying, you know, a team like out in you know, far southwest Oklahoma, they're not going to see a team or know anything really about a team in northeast Oklahoma. I mean, is there, do you think there's any way to kind of even that stuff out? You know, the only way I could think of is, you know, you do it east or west where you split the state four, four squads and then you vote within your squad, within your area. Yeah. Northeast, southeast, um, you know, things like that. And then maybe you just hold coaches accountable. I've seen I've seen people vote one time for a team that had a losing record in the top yeah. ten. Yeah, yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. and supposedly there's supposed to be a guideline that would eliminate them from allowing them to vote. I don't know how they do that. I haven't, I haven't seen that. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, that'll be. So, I, I agree with you. I, I mean, I, I see some of those rankings sometimes. I'm like, why? I mean, this <laughs> we may have played the team or something. I'm like, there's no reason. If this person actually seen them play, they wouldn't have them in the top twenty. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, and, and so we've talked about. It. I mean, it's among all coaches. You know, whether it's be held accountable or I won't say lose your voting privileges or something, but yeah, uh, you know, when you're voting a team that's I don't know below five hundred in the top twenty. Yeah, um, you know, I, and then then you get back to that's supposedly the buddy system or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, you know, it it doesn't really hurt anybody per se until you get down to like number six through ten. Yeah, then that's where it really matters because if you're number seven and you go to playoffs, sometimes in your area you might have number seven, number eleven, number thirteen. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can have four ranked teams within that area and so I think between 7 and 10 I think that's important as far as rankings when it comes to uh, you know area assignments and playoffs yeah yeah now what do you think uh, kind of getting back to the Lady Lions what, what do you think is going to be key to kind of pushing your program over you kind of talked about it a little bit just kind of getting exposure to it but what do you think that it's going to take 
uh, to get you guys over the hump to get that state title and to keep on pushing forward from there? Um, you know, for us, it'll be foul trouble. I mean, mm. we are not as depth. We lose depth. Uh, I lost a player this summer to, to an ACL injury uh, who's been a two-year starter, Addison Harris, and she's a shooter and a scrapper and actually another extra ball handler. And so, you know, and then I lost a point guard. So the privilege, the idea of having three point guards is down to two. Yeah. Um, you know, we do have a move in from OCS, uh, Ashton Barnett, who can handle the ball at five nine. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's still learning our system. And um, so, you know, that's going to be the hurt is the depth at um, at the point guard position. Um, yeah, we're really good. Like I said, we have one of the top point guards in the sophomore uh, kid named Hannah Browning, who plays an elite level with Trey Young, elite uh, on the summer circuit, um, and she's really good. Um, and then, you know, we may do point guard by committee after that. You yeah. know, um, so that'll be our depth, be our problem. And mm-hmm. I've got a freshman post player that has to step in and help a little bit. And um, but we're very versatile. We are open offense. I think last year we averaged 67 a game. Mm. Uh, we got moving in the end of the, towards the end of the playoffs. We were getting 80 a game. Yeah. Um, you know, and so we run, like I said, we run a positionless offense. And if you got the ball, you should be able to bring it down. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're pressing, you know, I'm going to have two or three kids that can handle the ball. Uh, but we just can't be in foul trouble. Yeah. Now, you, uh, 80 points a game, that's, that's pretty impressive for – high school girls i mean i hate to say that but i mean it, it is how how you talk about your point guards how vital is that to what you do your your point guard um your point you guards know, it, plural it's sorry. very it's very because of the defense we run pressure run a jump being able to uh, read the passing lanes uh-huh. um and then like i said we are open offense so making right decisions um you know, and so the vision that they have at the point position last year with uh, Shante Silver, who graduated, and then Hannah Bryant was uh, was very important because they could lead the break with a long pass. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's very rare that you would find is that we'd come down and if you're you would take off and we'd be able to get a layup just throwing the ball ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, and and mm-hmm. having that right pass, right angle, um, without you know throwing it too far. Um, so that'll be a, you know, that that's where we miss that part at. That's where we push the ball. Now, it seems like, I mean, it, it may be different in bigger schools. I've always just been at, at smaller schools. I mean, Luther's not too too big of a school, but it seems like everywhere I've been that girls basketball doesn't really get the respect it deserves. Because I've been, I mean, I've, I've been a head coach of a boys team, and I'm, they would admit it too, that we weren't very good. And our girls' team probably could have beat us, you know. And they were by far the better team. But no one would show up to watch the girls. They'd always show up to watch us guys get our heads beat in, you know. Why do you think it is that girls' basketball doesn't kind of get the respect it deserves? You know, just exposure probably. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think just the knowledge of uh, the game and and how it has changed. Um, You know, like I said, for us – you know, we, we try to get about 60, 70 points. And, um, you know, and, and just being able to tempo, um, mm-hmm. the girls train, you know, as, just like the boys do as far as their footwork now, their shooting, their moves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'll see a girl do a Euro 
you know, when yeah. guys were doing it years ago. Now, you know, girls are doing it. So it's evolved. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as college coaches, they know Oklahoma girls basketball is tough because mm-hmm. uh, we've got girls from Oklahoma playing all across the United States. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so coaches know it. We just don't, as far as general knows it, um, yeah. you know, of the talent level and the skill level they have is just has developed so much in the last five, six years. Mm-hmm. Um, the style of play, uh, open play, um, you know, now you got six foot, six, one point guard at girls, at the, you know, at the girls basketball position. Uh, when typically that was a post position. Yeah. Um, you know, <clears throat> men have changed that years ago with, I would say probably example would be one of my favorites is Dirk, Dirk coming in, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's a perimeter player, not a post player. Yeah, um, yeah, you know Kevin Durant per se. You know after shooting threes at you know six eleven or whatever, uh, and girls have now evolved to that style, which makes it fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but girls are versatile. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this changed a little bit. You know six one is not a post anymore. Six one could be point guard. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah. Uh, but I, you know exposure, uh, knowledge, uh, things like what you're doing. Uh, you know, we talk about social media, mm-hmm. things like that has gotten the word out that girls basketball is, is you know, fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, skill levels is, skill level is getting good. Uh, college coaches are now recruiting Oklahoma kids. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't know how many kids are playing in Oklahoma, but for the, for the small state that we have as far as I compared to others, mm-hmm. uh, there's kids from Oklahoma everywhere. Yeah, because, you know, when, when I go to, like, our tournaments, I mean, watching – Sometimes watching the girls, uh, like the girls' championship games, and when it's like you're saying, it's open and just girls are flying up and down the floor. I would rather watch that sometimes, you know. I, I, and sometimes I think it's style too, because you know there's boys' teams that it seems like a, a high-scoring games in the 40s, you know, and that's that's for me that's hard to watch. I love watching teams get nothing down the floor. Yeah. yeah, and that's what that's what we do. I mean, that's our style, Luther. That's the style I've had uh, when I was at Tuttle. Mm-hmm. Kind of brought in was an uh, open style, dribble drive, um, you, know, you know, collegiate type style. Mm-hmm. Um, some zone, a lot of man. Yeah. Um, you know, we're gonna get after you night in, night out. Yep. You know, and our goal is to um, score 20, 25 points a quarter, and you know, only give you five. Yeah. Uh, Doesn't yeah. always work that way, but. Um, that's what we work for in practice. And, um, you know, we shoot threes and all five of my kids or all five of my starters can shoot threes. Um, so, you know, we try to push that tempo because that's what we have to do. We're all guards. Yeah. And so we have to push that tempo If we're in a half court situation. You know, we got to work really hard against height. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, our philosophy is if you got a big girl, she better be able to get up and down the floor because we're going to run. Yep. You know, and, and for us, you know, our motto is defense is our offense. You know, and we're not scoring. I look at them and say, well, we're, you know, we'll get a timeout, so we're not playing defense. Yeah. Defense is where you're going to get layups and open threes and uh, transitions. So that's what we believe in. That's our motto. Is, and, uh, you know, our girls play hard. One's coming off the bench, and someone comes and watches us play. Um, they, you know, that's what they're going to see. Somebody play hard. And hopefully the scoreboard says what it is, but uh, – you know, some of that things you can control, and I just tell them, play your game, and what it says at the end is what it says. Yep, yep. 
Do you think the shot clock is something that's going to happen? Because I think like in, in 2A, 3A, I think that's where it's kind of the most. Like us, us smaller guys, you know, we're uh, – I think everybody's going to vote against that. And the bigger schools, you know, the 5As, 6As, they want it because they can afford it, you know. But do you think that it's something that's going to happen for all basketball in Oklahoma? You know, for me, I hope it does. I mean, I would probably never use it. I mean, we're trying to shoot within 15 yeah. seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is something that I, I could tell you at OBU, kids came in, and the idea of, re, uh, first of all, looking at that clock, knowing the situation, mm. uh, you know, it's 10 seconds left. You know, I need a ball pick. I need something to happen to create a shot before it's a turnover. Mm. And so to me, it is part of the game that, uh, kids do miss when they go to college because they have not experienced that before, mm-hmm. you know. And um, you know, sometimes I have to have kids just reading the clock, how much time left in the quarter. Yeah, you know, I understand <laughs> that situation more or less. Yeah. You know, you got ten seconds left on a shot clock. Uh huh. Um, so, you know, I think it. I hope it does. I mean, it's not something that I would ever use, but it is something that uh, kids are not familiar with when they get to the collegiate level. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the... um, and even was just, and you know, and, and who wants to? And I know everybody's for a win, but do you really want to go to the state fairgrounds and watch a, you know, twenty-one or oh, nineteen gosh. ball game? Someone hold it out for three and a half minutes? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, um, you know, I think it happened last year for somebody that held out for almost like a whole quarter. Yeah. You know, and and um, you know, and I understand they're trying to win. Their goal is to win a gold ball, uh, but. You know, I don't know, how many times have you seen that happen and a team ends up losing? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, because you change your style and your kids are now stalling and you've been running it up, you're up by 10, and now you're trying to pull out for a whole quarter. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, it doesn't it doesn't work that way sometimes for you. Oh, yeah, you can even tell, like, you know, end of quarter, end of, you know, end of the half or end of the game, whenever a team, an up-tempo team tries to slow it down and kill clock. It's just I know sometimes whenever we try to do it, I'm like, crap, we're gonna turn the ball over, you know, because they're just exactly not. That's why, not how they play. That's exactly why I don't do it because I'm like, I sit there and you know like, we'll run it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, it comes, and all of a sudden it's like a turnover. I'm like, jeez, I really just shot the ball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which is what which is what I tell mine. I say, you know, we we pass you in the open, you better shoot it because if you don't shoot it, you're probably gonna turn it over. So we <laughs> shoot it. Yeah, yeah, might as well give yourself a chance for an easy bump. Yep. Now, Coach, before I let you go, i got one final question for you. Which do you put more emphasis on and why, scoring or defending? Defense. Defense. We are all defense. Um, my philosophy is or my theory is that on your off night, what can you bring? Mm-hmm. Uh, for our team, we do not rely on one person to be our leading scorer. Last year, I think I had nine different leading scorers in a game. Um, so – you know, when you're off, what can you bring? What you can bring is defense. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think it's something that uh, is missing, uh, um, just whether it is terminology, uh, situations, things of that nature. Um, you know, I know, you know, you ask a coach what they want to see, and they want to see a kid score. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're recruiting, they want to see a kid score. Uh, but they've also got to be able to guard an elite score at a collegiate level. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I've had kids, my kids have went to places where uh, kids understand health, rotation, uh, you know, jumping over screen, how to handle a ball screen, mm-hmm. off screen. So, 
Uh, I believe for us, that's our consistency. When you ask what makes, what helps me turn around is defense because mm-hmm. the average player on offense can be a heck of a defender. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how we get to go eight or nine deep is the girl coming off the bench. She's got to be able to hold her own on defense and just hit open shots. And if she can do that, she has value. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, and so uh, we were all about defense. I probably spend, and, and if you go hard in defense, it's going to make the offense better. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and so uh, we're good on, I believe we're good on offense because we push each other on defense every day in practice. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm going to steal that quote from you that on an off night, what can you bring? I'm going to use that from now on. That's a pretty good one. Go ahead, man. That's, <laughs> that's what I tell my kids all the time. Hey, when you're not having a good night, she'll pick you up, but you still got to play some defense. Yep. Yep. You know, and and it's a team deal. I mean, I want to know that I can be aggressive going for a steal at the three-point line and someone's got my back yep. without my girl scoring a layup. Mm-hmm. Yep. So allows you to be aggressive knowing that you have help and rotation. Yeah. Well, Coach, man, I really appreciate you being on with me, and uh, good luck, and I'll be definitely keeping up with the Luther Lady Lions this season. I appreciate you having me on, and you're doing a great job, and continue continue to keep podcasting. It's a great deal. Thanks to Coach Vic for being on the podcast today. For the past year, I hope you have enjoyed listening as much as I've had talking to all the coaches and people associated with Oklahoma high school sports. Thank you for listening to Kenny and the Coaches. Go ahead and subscribe to my podcast and tell others about it. That's Kenny and the Coaches, and that's Kenny with an E. Until next time.